0: I'm just tweeting out the link and then oh, really? we'll get going. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the sideline. My name is Rishi Oza.
1: My name is Asher Hire.
0: And uh, honestly, I don't. We'll, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today, mostly yeah. regarding the Nuggets. But we got a lot to, to catch up on mm-hmm. uh, in terms of Asher's thoughts. It's been a while since he's been on. Um, Nuggets just beat Houston, which is not a surprise. Um, they've been one thirty through one twelve. Jokic got his hundredth career triple double in the funniest way possible because he, <laughs> he didn't stat pad to get it, but it was like he was three round rebounds short and then he got all three of one play. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's the most like like stat paddish way to get it. Like of course yeah. people are just gonna run away with that if, if they see the clip. Thankfully, it's yeah. not on national TV, but Jokic was yeah. at, like, seven rebounds. Um, and, you know, the Nuggets were blowing the Rockets out. Third quarter's kind of coming to an end. So it's like, this was, like, the last chance for him to secure a triple-double. If he could somehow get three rebounds in, like, two minutes, and he got them all in one <laughs> <Yeah>. possession. <laughs>
0: and he went out, like, immediately after. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: It's very... It's a... <laughs> The, like, the Kendrick Perkins stat-padding thing was hilarious. Because, like, the game he was talking about is funny because he definitely stat-padded that game. Like, he 100%. Like, I, I don't know if he was stat-padding, but Malone left him in just yeah. long enough to get the assist. <laughs> yeah, I... And then he took him out immediately after. So, like, mm-hmm. that the one game he was talking about, sure. But because it's national media and because it's the internet, they twist the words just a tiny bit and it said, oh, he's stat-padding to get the triple-doubles, which mm-hmm. is not true. It's just sometimes... Sometimes he does it, <laughs> but yeah. this is so
1: funny. Yeah, I mean, like, ugh, this whole day has just been, you know, JJ Reddick. Well, JJ Reddick started last night, I think, right with him on his own podcast, yeah, defending Jokic, and then today he defended him even more, going against uh, Kendrick Perkins, and then Kendrick Perkins made a tweet promising that tomorrow, so get ready for this, um, that he'll be throwing his shots back at Jokic and at J.J. Reddick. And this is a perfect time, you know? 14-11-10, that looks very stat-patty, especially if Kendrick Perkins stumbles across the clip that got yeah. Jokic the triple-double. Um, so anyways, yeah, a lot. I've I missed a lot. I can't remember the last time I, the last game, was it? I I don't even
0: know. I don't even, I don't even remember. It's been a while. I think the last game It's been a few weeks. Was it the um oh wait. Um I'm trying to find it. Did did we talk about bones yet or no? Like did we talk about the trade deadline at all? Cuz I know mm. I did one, but I don't know if you were here for it.
1: It was it was, I don't think I've talked since he actually got traded, but we definitely talked about him about to be traded. Like, it was definitely looking like he was going to get traded, and then, like, two I days think, later. I think. If, is
0: it the one after the Timberwolves game? That's
1: what I'm thinking. Which, I'm which to, one? Which Timberwolves this? game?
0: <laughs> I can't Things even. Uh, the seventh.
1: Okay, that's what I was thinking, too.
0: Around that um, time. So it's been three weeks. Yeah. But a lot has happened during that time.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, so there was the magic loss that was pretty disappointing. But then they came back, um, beat the Hornets, beat the Heat. Oh yeah, this was a super good stretch. Um when was All Star Break? That was After uh, the af- Dallas game. Yeah. Okay. And then they came out <clears throat> the the Cavaliers game was like amazing. To beat the Cavs. Yeah in Cleveland, who have one of the best home records in the league. I thought that was super impressive, especially coming out of All-Star break. You never know how the players are going to play after having a week-long rest and, you know, living it up, whether they go to Mexico or something. And maybe they're distracted, but they didn't look distracted at all, especially the starters. The starters haven't looked distracted um, at all this entire season. But – yeah, super impressive win in Cleveland. That is like a championship caliber team win. Um yeah. against yeah a, a team that was that's been on fire, especially at home. Evan Mobley had thirty-one points, and he managed to win. Um, you know, and then Garland and Mitchell do their usual thing. Mitchell had a rough game up until the fourth quarter, if I'm remembering correctly, but um yeah and this was without Aaron Gordon um Mm. so that was even more impressive uh after that yeah that
0: that Cleveland wins one of the best wins of the season considering the fact like you are coming out of all-star break so many teams especially Denver like Denver usually comes out pretty sluggish out of all-star break um so I, I would that was actually that was really really good and like you said Cleveland's one of the best home teams in the NBA like they Denver's the best home team in the league in terms of just winning percentage but Cleveland I like, might be second or third yeah. um, they're really really good at home and they're a very good team and like Jokic had like a I, he had a triple double but that was a weird game that was he was like the one starter where I was like oh what is he doing out there because he had so many plays. Where he would go up for a floater and instead pass it to someone right. in the dunker spot, right. but it was it would normally be like Vlatko or Bruce Brown, and they're not Aaron Gordon, so they would either fumble the pass or they miss the shot or it would be a turnover. Um, so that was like that was like the only critique I had about that game. But Michael Porter Jr. came up huge. Jamal Murray had a great game. Uh, KCP's defense yeah. has been phenomenal. Uh, that was Reggie Jackson's first game too. Like it, it's been that that was a really really good win, and then. The Grizzlies' loss is
1: hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a really, really, really good win to a really, really bad loss. But like these games, like happen. Let me. The, yeah. the Nuggets shot twenty nine percent from 40 percent from the field, and I realized like the Grizzlies were are, are a terrific defensive team, but um, the Nuggets got like. I, I think this game was just lost in the first. Quarter because Mm -hmm. the nugget the Nuggets only scored twenty points in the first quarter and that's they're they're the highest scoring first quarter team um, because the stars are so good and they got good looks like KCP I remember got good looks Uh, MPJ got good looks he only finished with five points that game yeah Um, so there were good looks that they usually convert on and if they had converted on you know they would have been in the game and they would have been tied up probably probably really should have had the lead There were probably three at least three wide open threes and that would have put the nuggets in the lead after the first quarter and then you never know how the game goes from there but it was just like the momentum of the nuggets missing all of these shots turned into the starters being taken out into a brand new bench um Mm -hmm. and then the grizzly just ran away with it in the second quarter um So I, I, I wasn't
0: worried about, like, that game, I had I had no, like, yeah. especially considering I, I had thought that Memphis was going to win that game even before the game started because they had just lost to Philly the game before, which they were up big most of the mm-hmm. game, and then they just completely collapsed in the fourth quarter, and they have been struggling for a while, ever since Steven Adams got injured, so, like, they they're a desperate team coming into that game. Like, they needed a win, and the fact that Denver just shot so horribly in the first quarter, like... There was no shot, but I Denver didn't have a chance after the first quarter because they were just shooting so poorly. If yeah. they were able, if the bench was able to bring them back, shooting them into it, then yeah. But the bench hasn't been able to do that even before the trades were made. Uh, it's they're just that's just not what they. This is not what they do.
1: Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and Tyus Jones like. He made, yeah. like, four threes in the second quarter. I'm like, Jesus, dude. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, these are just, like, like he's a good shooter, I guess. But I'm like, all right. They were making some lucky shots. Um, yeah. And that's just what happens, like, in the NBA. Especially, I mean, the Grizzlies, again, are one of the best home teams. Like, <laughs> it's weird to say because um, I feel like a lot of teams are really good home teams. Like, everyone sucks on the road this year. Yeah. Including yeah. the Grizzlies who are like eleven and eighteen on the road. Mm-hmm. Um and they come to Denver, by the way, Friday. We'll see how that one goes.
0: That's uh, a big game. If Denver wins that, they lock up the first seed, like pretty yeah, yeah. handily.
1: Um so yeah, we'll see how how that one goes. But um they came back home. This was impressive because it was on back to back. I realized the Clippers played like three thousand minutes like in the <laughs> previous game against the Kings um which was an incredible game in its own right but this game was incredible as well Jokic mm. 40 17 and 10 like oh my god dude like the Nuggets just absolutely own the Clippers the 3-1 the 3-1 lead blown the Aaron Gordon game winner in which Jokic had like 49 17 yeah. and 10 and and now Jokic with a 40 Seventeen and ten, and earlier on in the season when they beat them by like fifty, like <laughs> um. they,
0: they're just in their heads. Like that's yeah. In terms of of teams that I'm afraid of, if I'm Denver, the Clippers are really low on the list. Not yeah. because they're not like a good team. I think they are a good team, but they just they don't play well against Denver. Like mm-hmm. you, they just cannot beat the Nuggets no matter what. They just it doesn't happen. Like I don't know what it is, but they just. Denver is in their heads mentally. Like yeah. it's, and, and they didn't even like force it. Like they're not trying to do it. They just all, right. <laughs> the three one comeback has completely mentally destroyed the Clippers when it, they play the Nuggets. Especially it, it's, Paul
1: it's, George. Like PG mm-hmm. never the, the last like good game I remember PG having was the against the Nuggets. Um was the one where Gary Harris hit the game winning shot against OKC. Yeah. Like Paul George tied it up against Torrey Craig. Um, and those are some memories. I still like live, I can like see that moment in my head. Paul George, (laughs) 16
0: year old me is still in shambles over the fact they didn't foul up three. Uh, I know, (laughs)
1: right? Oh my god. Uh, but I feel like that was the last time Paul George was confident going against the Nuggets because he he bricks a ton of shots. Kawhi Leonard, even like he finished with 33, and Kawhi was amazing in the second half, but in the first half, he couldn't hit a shot at all, and it was the same thing. The two previous games against the Clippers, one at LA, and then obviously the fifty-point win by the Nuggets earlier. Like Kawhi just could not get going. Um, Marcus Morris, I, I don't know why. Really, they play him like <laughs> it's thirty-three minutes. I mean, he he's like useless. He he really is useless unless like, it's a I, corner three. They, but
0: when they played Batum at the small ball five, that yeah. was like the one. Thing that was working against Denver's offense, like they couldn't get the ball to Jokic, they were yeah. flustered, they were forcing turnovers. Batum only played twenty one minutes; like he played less than Eric Gordon.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> like I, I mean, Batum like, and he can easily just take over Marcus Morris's spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Norman Powell really doesn't ever play well against the Nuggets. You knew that Bones was gonna um, do something, and he was he was pretty good actually in his yeah. limited minutes. Scoring wise, ten points in fifteen minutes. Uh I can't see the plus minus from here, but it's a
0: plus eight.
1: Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah. Um and then yeah, really the lineup I'm like scared of is if is when they put Terrence Mann at point guard and uh when they put Batum in there. Mm-hmm. Um like Westbrook doesn't, he's just not a good. He's a negative. Like he's just not a. I know there's there's people who still are somehow like on the Westbrook kind of train, saying that oh he's still a good player or whatever. But I really don't don't think so. Like
0: I think that the Clippers are probably one of the better spots for him because they have the shooting and the defense to like minimize him not having shooting or defense. But if if he is still a focal point it's just not gonna work
1: yeah
0: he just he has lost he hasn't lost athleticism but he's just lost a touch at the rim he's lost touch on his mid-range jumper which used to be like one of his best shots like i like it's weird the percentages didn't show it but i always felt confident in like 2015 2016 if he pulled up for mid-range i was confident it was going in and now like i'm not confident at all with anything he does um i think it's gonna work it's gonna be with the clippers but i'm still not like afraid of them because of yeah, Russ being added. There. I
1: mean, he turns it over too much. He gets lost defensively so many times. He got lost defensively on that Kings play um, on on the Malik Monk mm-hmm. game tying three, I believe. Like people were saying, Noah is a zone, but like looking back at like Westbrook is just standing there, like looking at nobody. I mean, yeah. he's he just standing at the top of the key, like and guarding absolutely nobody. The other guy that. Gets lost like and just has like these weird moments as Eric Gordon, um, like just freezes. I mean, I, I remember him with the Rockets against the Knicks. Like, oh, that was I guess that was P.J. Tucker, but it was Eric Gordon that threw the like a little pass after a Knicks made bucket, um, and P.J. Tucker didn't pick it up, and the Knicks oh, yeah. got it and scored. <laughs> Um, but I just remember Eric Gordon's face. I guess that's why I think of him. But he was the one who just left like <laughs> like after the KCP big rebound, which eventually led to the Porter three, Gordon was just walking around. He was guarding Porter, and then incredible. KCP threw it to Jamal, who was like at the logo, like not even a scoring thread at all. And Gordon just leaves Porter. And literally just walks – he walks to Jamal Murray, like – which leaves Porter wide open. I'm like, yeah. like what is going through his it's mind? So weird. He's it's walking. So
0: weird. Like, I – the, the, the basketball, like, mind in me is thinking that, like, the Clippers – the reason why they were playing Eric Gordon and Plumlee and, and Marcus Morris instead of Batum is because they didn't want to show their hands too much in case Denver plays them in a playoff series – and they just didn't want to f- let Denver be able to figure it out at all cuz they will figure it out like jokic is too smart the nuggets are too good of an offense to not be able to figure out a defense like that they would figure it out but i mean still like this is a game that you kind of have to win like you you lost a double overtime game once again a game you should have won you're up 14 with like 3 minutes left and you lose and this one you probably should have won this one, too, because you come back and you have the momentum, all the momentum in the fourth, and you just can't get a stop because you don't have your best defender, your best Jokic defender in the game, like, for the entire entirety of the second half. So I, that's what, like, logically I'm thinking, but I'd, like, you want to win the game over everything. Like, yeah. You know, I don't
1: know. Yeah, and I don't know. And, like, Tyron Lue, they said on the broadcast that Tyron Lue said that he sometimes forgets about Terrence Mann. Yeah. And I was like – and and the announcers were like, oh, when, when you have like this many good players, yeah, you forget about – I like I don't think – I mean you're an NBA coach. I don't think forgetting a player to yeah. – like is a – Plus he's – I like – I don't
0: know about you. He's probably their fourth best player.
1: That, like, I mean that's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean he's their best like point guard option. Yeah, And – you forget about him? I mean, I I don't know. So it's like, did he just forget to play Batum? And and he was saying, oh, after the game, like, oh, I should have played Westbrook more. So, like, Tyron Lue and his, uh, like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he just gets too lost in the game and then just, like, just doesn't yeah, make substitutions. That's, that's a
0: very weird thing to admit, that you just,
1: like,
0: forget I, what your players is there. Yeah. Like, I know that the Clippers have depth, but, like, you traded people... Like, I feel like you, you cut John Wall, right? You're, or you trade John Wall. You trade Luke Kennard. I feel like those two trades alone would free up more minutes for Terrence Mann. Like, he mm-hmm. and I don't know. Marcus Morris getting more minutes than him doesn't make sense. Like, if you don't want to play Batum because you don't want to show your hand, potentially, like, sure. Like, I, it's dumb because you're not really, seating-wise, you're not in a position to be able to play with games like that. Um, but, like, I understand it. Not playing Terrence Mann over Marcus Morris or Eric Gordon makes zero sense
1: at yeah. all. Yeah,
0: zero sense. It just doesn't like I like right now in this lineup. Their shooting guard, they're starting live the starting lineup they had in that game, and what is probably going to be for a while until Zubats comes back. They're going to have Paul George at the two. Like why? Start Terrence Mann. Take Marcus Morris out. Just put keep Kawhi at the four. Yeah. That's probably your best lineup. If you have Russ, Terrence Mann, and then Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Zubats, Plumlee, whoever you want, yeah. But, like I, I don't, I don't know. That's I said, like I said on after the game, I was like, I the Clippers are just missing something. Like I, they ha, they are very talented, and I still think they can make a run, especially if they play small ball, because that's I think that's by far the most effective lineups is when they don't have a center. Like, the last time they were in the playoffs, when they made the conference finals, the reason why that happened is because they just played five out against the Jazz, and the Jazz could not do a thing about it. So I think that they can do it. They're just, like, missing something, and especially when they play bigger teams. Like, if they play Denver, if they play Memphis, like, I I just don't don't see them being able to take a series from those teams.
1: Well, that's not my team, so (laughs) thankfully... Um, and then tonight, I guess we'll just, we can phase this game into the trade acquisitions that the Nuggets made, um, Mm -hmm. because I want to talk about the bench, um, in this game, which, so the Nuggets opened up beautifully as they usually do. The starters were amazing. My, uh, Jamal Murray was amazing in the first quarter. Um, Porter played well, good to have Aaron Gordon back. Um, his toughness, his physicality, I think, was missing in, um, Memphis, especially. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess the bigger story is the bench, which played horrifically in the first half, but they did show some promise in the fourth quarter. Um, Yeah, I think so, too. And in the second half, that was like, okay, here we go. Like, these are... Because the way that the Nuggets bench was scoring, which was so rare anyways, was like just not reliable, not consistent ways to score. It would be a lucky bounce here or there. It would be some broken play that ends up in in someone's hands and they just make a shot. Um, but not like a nice-looking offensive set. Yeah. But in the second half, there were multiple instances of Reggie Jackson – Thomas Bryant pick and rolls that ended in buckets. Mm -hmm. Um, And Bruce Brown was amazing this game. Phenomenal, phenomenal defensively, phenomenal in transition. And he made three threes, I believe. Um, So he looks – because I was questioning Bruce Brown's fit. And I know this is Houston, so you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, But I was questioning Bruce Brown's, like, fit. He just wasn't, like – I don't know. I don't know what his fit is. With the bench, when he yeah. is not the main ball handler, because like I know he's shooting forty percent on threes, but he can't really shoot. <laughs> he's
0: not. He's not a, like a respected shooter. Yeah, like, I, 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 I'm. I'm more confident in like a lot of people shooting over him.
1: He's definitely anyway. a good corner um, three point shooter. Uh, by the way, the sorry to bounce back and forth, but that the Clippers' the last shot in regulation by Bruce Brown. Um, that he should have cut to the basket. If he had cut to the basket, Jokic either finds him for a wide open dunk because Plumley will be too slow to keep up with Bruce Brown's cut, or it just takes Plumley out because Plumley yeah. was shading over to double Jokic, and it's probably the right pass, but it's just not the right player because Bruce Brown above the whatever above the break. Shooting threes is, like, 20% or something. Yeah, it's
0: it's, it's not great.
1: Um, So, Brown should have cut, um, but whatever. Nuggets got the win anyways, and then Brown played great this game. Um, he just, like... His, his deep
0: like, I was
1: honestly, like,
0: when he was filling in for Jamal Murray, when Murray was sitting out, like, right before the All-Star break, and even before then, I was a little underwhelmed with his defense over the... Yeah. past like month or so i uh, yeah but yeah that post all after the all-star break once he's been with the bench and i think he has a much more defined role i thought his defense has been much better like i thought his defense in cleveland was great in memphis i i can't can't really take anything away from that but his I thought his defense on paul george after aaron gordon fouled out mm-hmm. uh, against the clippers was phenomenal he made he made life so tough on him like it was, it was crazy today he had two blocks i thought he was great in health defense he shut off defenders and nicely is using his hands really well so hopefully i hopefully the the defensive slip was just because he didn't really have a defined role especially with the bone stuff he was pretty much playing point guard for a lot of the time which he's not like he can do it but that's just not what he's best at so uh, hopefully this he's going to be able to get it together defensively again but I was like kind of concerned about it. Yeah. But he's been he's been a lot better over the past few games.
1: Yeah, I thought honestly this might have been this game might have been the best I've seen Bruce Brown defend um this season. Like on the perimeter he got a big steal. Uh just absolutely pickpocketed someone that led to him uh that led to an alley-oop dunk for him. So I mean if he can be a good a great, I guess on-ball defender and then he's terrific in transition and if he can cut make corner threes that's a beautiful bench player
0: that's all you need that's all you need from him yeah. you, you just need defense and some occasional shooting like that's that's all you're going to need from him and yes like him being able to be a secondary playmaker in any lineup is, is very beneficial but realistically or not you shouldn't have to have that
1: from him, yeah. So and I mean he had he had zero assists this game. Reggie Jackson had eight, um, so I mean and, and that that that's fine. Most of that came in the second half for Reggie, um, the assists, and so yeah. Um, second half bench looked a lot better um, and, and showed a lot more promise. And Thomas Bryant showed me something in that second half too because in the first half oh my god he was just so he's so tight like he got that technical foul um he's missed he's missing shots that he would just like (laughs) he would make all these shots with the Lakers against the Nuggets literally wouldn't miss like from anywhere um and then he's just missing them with the Nuggets I think it's a obviously a, a confidence and a adjustment thing but then he got his confidence up he got a block or two um he got a dunk or uh, or two even from from pick and rolls and then you saw his confidence build up um mm-hmm. and he was great rebounding the basketball and I know his his uh, everyone says that he's a horrible defender but I I mean yeah he, really since he's been a nugget I haven't seen the horrible I haven't I haven't noticed he, like he's gotten
0: Switched out onto the perimeter and he's held his own. He's used his yeah. body well. Like I, he's he's not been perfect, but I thought like honestly he's been good. Like he's been a good defender. He's blocked a decent. He had two blocks today. Yeah. Um, let me see what how many blocks he's had over the past. He had two blocks today. He had two blocks against the Clippers. He had one block against Memphis. Like I honestly think he's been pretty good. Like I.
1: Yeah, and I think he's in a big. Like, he's in over his head, I think, just watching Jokic. I mean, when you think about it, like, he started his career with the Lakers and he was kind of starting there. And then the Wizards have never really had a center. And then he goes back to the Lakers and then starts more games. Um, And there's no real – not, like, competition on his team for center, but no real, you know, pressure on him to perform at a high level. And then he comes to the Nuggets – and watches one of the best centers of all time as he's sitting on the bench. And so in his mind, he's like, all right, like, I got to back this guy up and I got to be good for the team so that there's not a huge drop-off. Like, I don't want to be the guy that that's the reason why it's a huge drop-off is because they're putting me in the game and taking Jokic out. And so he's just trying too hard, I think. And that's what's leading him to being tight um, around the rim. And I, I think if he just settles down uh, and just plays his own game, which his own game is good, his own post game is really good, like and, and his effort is really good Yeah. Um, offensive rebounding-wise. And so, like, if he can just get this, like, oh, I'm backing up Nikola Jokic thing out of his head and just go out there and just feast for 15 minutes and put all effort into those 15 minutes then he'll be good. And I think the second half of this game showed that he can be that.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, when he first got here, like, that first game against uh, Miami, I thought he was really, really good. He made, you know, his floaters, he made a jumper, he defended fine. Uh, Then the next game against Dallas, he was good. But with Reggie coming over and Eddie Jackson, like, him also trying to find his role, him not really knowing what's happening, the bench just in general, like, learning how to play together still like i'm not like i'm not surprised that he started to struggle i'm not surprised the bench is struggling either so like i'm to this to, to see them gain some momentum even though it is houston to see them gain some momentum is definitely a, a big sign like yeah they need that bench to be good they need that bench to be good like the starters are going to run everybody off the court like if <laughs> you look at the plus minuses from this game it's hilarious like mm-hmm. aaron gordon plus 19 mpj plus 22 pitch plus 31 Jamal Murray plus 20 KCP plus 18 uh, the highest plus minus on the bench is plus three
1: <laughs> yeah
0: from Bruce Brown yeah and they won by 21 like they just need to be not hemorrhaging points right. completely and they'll be okay yeah like in the in the playoffs which is why then require Thomas Bryan and Reggie Jackson in the playoffs they just need to to not be more than like a minus five. For 10 to 15 minutes, and then you'll be okay. And I I think that they have the potential to do that. They just got to build some rhythm and some continuity.
1: I mean, they, yeah, they do, because that that bench lineup that they're throwing out there is like all like veterans and smart veterans. And KCP staggered this game, but you got KCP, Bruce Brown, uh, Reggie, Thomas Bryan, and Vladko. I mean, that should be like a reliable lineup, um, especially when you got, you know, Reggie Jackson and Thomas Bryan who can, they can fill it up you know, scoring-wise, some games, and you you have them as your two leading bench scorers. Like, it should be good, but um, it's only been a couple games, and it's going to take more games. It's not like the bench is just all of a sudden fixed after playing the Houston Rockets in a game that was a 20-point game with no pressure. Um, So, I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if Denver loses to the Grizzlies on Friday purely because of the bench. Like because I don't think the Nuggets starters are gonna completely run the Grizzlies starters out of the game. Like the Grizzlies starters are good enough to keep it within, you know, seven or whatever um by the time the starters go out in the first quarter. And then yeah. Grizzlies Bench is awesome. Nuggets bench is struggling right now. I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets bench is like a minus ten on Friday and that's why they lose. Um but that's okay. They got games after that, Raptors, Bulls, Spurs, Nets, Raptors, Pistons—all these struggling teams—to yeah. figure it out.
0: That—that's um, the stretch that they, where they—they they should be able to figure it out. Like if yeah. they are still struggling after that stretch, then I'm officially concerned about it. Yeah. But right now, especially against good teams with good benches, like, yeah, they're gonna struggle. It, it's fine. Like that—that's okay. And especially against Memphis, like Memphis's bench is really really good. Tyus Jones is probably the best backup guard in the league they have great guys coming off the bench like i think they started uh tillman and jaron jackson together in that game so they had brandon clark coming off their bench but even when he's like when memphis is healthy he's probably still coming off the bench with tillman because of steven adams being there uh you have good guys like luke Kennard. they they got him coming off the bench santi aldama has been really good this season like yeah that's a good team so that'll be that'll be a big test. Hopefully Denver's able to respond. They got they got slapped in the mouth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully they're just able to respond. I'm not expecting them to win by like forty like Memphis did.
1: But I'm scared. Just... I'm on I'm honestly scared for that game and then people are gonna run away with um how the Grizzlies are like the best team in the West. But <laughs> because the bench is so bad, but um we will see. I mean, the man, the Grizzlies are a tough matchup, man, because, like, I think they did that Xavier Tillman-Jaron Jackson thing because of Philly um, doing the P.J. Tucker-Joel Embiid thing where you have, you know, uh, Embiid was not guarding Jokic in the second half and Jaron Jackson was not guarding Jokic. If you have this big, amazing Roman defender that can that could be a formula for success against jokic because he hasn't really seen that mm-hmm. um too much so i mean like early on i mean he could figure it out at some point uh if it gets to a playoff series he could figure it out by like game 3 or something but um i think that's how you counter jokic right now and the grizzlies have the the roster to do that um yeah. so
0: and it, and it works it works really well when the rest of the team also stinks like like no one else is able to make an open shot they're just able to collapse so heavily on the jokic and it's just impossible like that's what the warriors did in the playoffs last season it's what teams did all of last season against denver Mm -hmm. um so like i if denver's able to make shots they'll be able to win because then then, then they can't collapse as much on it like i thought tillman guarded jokic pretty well like he bodied jokic up really really nicely um but Jokic still like in like twenty minutes had like fifteen and thirteen and only missed four shots. Like yeah. he still had a good game. Yeah, it, it, it's the rest of the team has just got to make their shots and then they'll be okay. But I, I do agree. Memphis is a is a tough matchup. Like they, and especially because like John Morant, he scares me in terms of just him scoring in the pick and roll. Like he hit that floater every single time. Yeah, on Saturday. like every single time he r- rose up, he hit that floater. And Denver is not exceptionally good at guarding the pick and roll. And especially against an athletic, speedy guy like that, like once he gets into the paint and rises up, against like most defenders, he's going to finish. But especially against Jokic if he's playing in a drop. Like Jokic just isn't, he doesn't, he's just not fast enough to be able to contest it. Right. That's the one thing that I'm worried about. But Denver could also just hedge as much as they want. And a postseason series, they're going to do that. Right now they aren't just because it takes too much effort. But in a postseason series, I'm sure they'll hedge and just get the ball out of his hands and make someone else score. Yeah. But that that's their that's their their most potent action is just a pick and roll and just let John Morant dive straight to the rim against the yeah.
1: Pitch. Yeah, and a lot of the times like it doesn't work for Jaw against other teams, but <laughs> with Jokic, like yeah, he can just glide right past him. Yeah. Um But yeah, I don't really like watching Jaw. Not a. <laughs> I don't know. He's not a. He, I mean, he's a fun watch when he can like dunk and stuff. But then, when he just like flies in there and throws up a ridiculous shot, I'm like okay. Yeah. And like, that's against when,
0: against Philly, like that was. Yeah. Like, and John Morant's I mean, he, he, not getting enough slander. I
1: know.
0: I, I never I never want to like push people to slander other people, but like he shot like three for sixteen. Yeah. And got blocked in the most critical point of the game because he tried to make a dumb decision. And I don't, no one is criticizing him for it.
1: And, and then he Which stood around, he stood around like on the Grizzlies' final possession. He stood in one spot, literally didn't move. Yeah,
0: he didn't, didn't move. Just didn't move.
1: And this is, you know, a couple of days after him saying that he's the best player in the league. I'm just like, all right. I mean, just his talking, his disrespect of, the Western conference and then him saying that he's the best player in the NBA when it's like, like, you're not like, you're clearly not. Um, And then just his style of play. Like he just, I don't know, dude. Like he, well, what I'll say is he's damn lucky to have goaded defenders at every single position and like the best (laughs) bench in the NBA. Like, damn. I mean, you put Trey young on the Grizzlies. I I oh, think man. I think they're better. Um or you put Damian Lillard on the Grizzlies. That's a Oh ch- Oh god. Dame on, oh <laughs> on the Grizzlies, I think, is a championship team.
0: Like um, a high, imagine a high pick and roll with Steven Adams and Damian yeah. Lillard. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Dame Dame pulls up from forty feet contested. If he gets a screen from Steven Adams from forty feet, he's gonna have more space mm-hmm. than he would if he had an open layup. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, be
1: I've been slandering Jaws since like last year, so <laughs> um, I,
0: that's the that's the part that like I hate. Like I actually do like Memphis as a team. Like I yeah. like I respect their their confidence because like what team isn't confident? Like I but showing it that much, I understand why it rubs people the wrong way. But it's like it's just funny. Like the second after he said, "I'm fine in the West." everything went downhill. Mm. Like, not only did they start losing, then Kyrie Irving comes to the Western Conference, <laughs> and then Kevin Durant comes over to the Western Conference. Yeah. <laughs>
1: hey, but this Mavericks team, this Maverick team, I'm I'm literally watching the game right now. They, these guys are frauds.
0: they I don't, I don't, I, I do not he, fear Dallas at all. They're, and, like, I, I didn't fear them before Kyrie. Yeah. I don't fear them after Kyrie. Yeah, I
1: don't think that, yeah, I saw that trade. I was like, okay, like, oh, my God, of course, this dude misses the free throw. It's one twenty four Pacers, one twenty two Mavericks. Like they're about to lose up. to the Pacers.
0: On leak pass right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got it on Stream East. Um,
0: no, I I like I like that's they didn't solve their well the, they solved their biggest issue in terms of okay now you have someone who can take the pressure off of Luca but now they they created a bigger one is that yeah. they don't have any defense
1: yeah and no bench
0: no defense they traded Din... or they, they traded in he's not. The best defender, but oh Brian Smith God. was easily their best defender. And you give him up. And I think they got Maxi Klepo back
1: today yeah. or they're
0: gonna get him back pretty soon. Yeah,
1: there he's playing. Yeah.
0: Um and he's a good defender, but just him alone, he's not gonna help Turner defense from hemorrhaging this many points.
1: Yeah. No, but I see like the national media like, oh, you got Luca and Kyrie for offense and then you got um Reggie Bullock and Dwight Powell for defense. First of all, Dwight Powell, like he's a good person. He is a good per. He is a hor- like a horrible starter in the NBA. I mean, he's just. Garbage. I don't
0: understand why Christian Wood doesn't start. I don't. I don't get it. Like I understand, like so- like Malcolm Brogdon, he doesn't start on Boston, but he's one of the best six men in the league, and he's there to command mm-hmm. the second unit. Christian Wood doesn't get any looks with the second unit, regardless. So why isn't he starting? Why isn't yeah. he helping your your starting lineup? Because he also hasn't been that horrible defensively this season. Like I yeah, just,
1: yeah. I don't know.
0: What, I don't know what Jason Kidd is doing out
1: there. Oh right, and then Justin Holiday, of course, he comes and like is their savior. He made like five threes in one game, yeah. but <laughs> Justin Holiday is really not a difference maker, um, at all. All right, let's see how this goes. Where, where where are you at with this game? I got seven seconds. Mavericks about to inbound the ball.
0: I have seen what happens. I'll say
1: that. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully it's a miss. All right, inbounding the ball. This is a weird part of the podcast. <laughs> Clutch game. Kyrie. Oh, my God. Brick. Dude, he almost Miles Turner almost tapped it in. Yeah, he
0: almost tipped it by himself.
1: <laughs> Let's go, clutch! Kyrie does not is not alive in Dallas. Yeah, Dallas I, just, I don't be... like.
0: Indiana is a good offense, but you can't allow 124 points in regulation. Yeah, and expect yeah. Like, let me let me try and see. Uh, Dallas, they're. Past scores since they acquired Kyrie, they got him. his their first game was against the Clippers, then it was 104 points, and they beat the Kings 124. Then, then Luca comes back. This is, I guess <laughs> kind of interesting. Yeah, they had like a decent defensive performance in the two games Luca didn't play. <laughs> then he comes back, and then 133, 124, 118, 142, or no, 116, then 111. Uh, in a game, they were up twenty seven and should have easily won. Yeah, so I don't know.
1: They're, I don't know. they're. I mean, they're concerning. Like
0: it's very concerning. It's really concerning.
1: I mean, Luca, like, man. I, like, like I like Luca. Like, but damn, I mean, he just when Luca's bad. Like, let me tell you, like the players that are. When they're bad, they are horrible. And Luka Doncic is on that list. Jason Tatum is on that yeah. list. Paul George is on that list. I don't know. Trey Young is probably on
0: that yeah, list
1: too. Yeah, Young. Even like, no, nah, nah, I, I was going to say Giannis because sometimes when Giannis is just like bricking every shot, but he, he's got his defense like
0: yeah, at least he's an elite defender. His
1: defense is generational. Um but yeah, those are the players that like come to mind and like when Luka's off, oh my god. I mean it's just disgusting. Like the it's types really, of, bad. It's of really shots. bad. I think it's it's
0: a theme with like jump shot reliant players. Yeah. Like, if they're not hitting their jumpers, it's tough. Because Luca this is one thing that I, I I really like about Jokic. Like he he can be an extremely efficient volume score. And he is. But he could easily average 30 a game if he wanted to. If he let his scoring set up his passing. Like, mm-hmm. if he came out every single game with, all right, I'm scoring 12 points in the first quarter, and then I'm going to start looking to pass. If he did that, he would average 30 easily. But yeah. his turnovers would be up, his assists would obviously be down, and he'd have a lot more stinker games because he'd just give himself the opportunity to miss more. That's what Luca is doing. Like, Luca is... Like I'm gonna make my scoring set up my passing. Yeah.
1: And but I mean when the,
0: his scoring doesn't work, they don't respect his passing. Yeah. And they force him to shoot, but he's just gonna keep missing.
1: And that's proof because he's the he's the leading scorer in the first quarter. And then it, it drops off. Um but I mean he, he has these games where it's like yeah, like thirty nine, nine and six is what he had today. But like he was the only negative in the starting lineup. And, mm-hmm. Oh, Dwight Powell was too, but that's Dwight Powell. Um, So, I mean, you can't take plus-minus like that seriously, but, like, I mean, his defense is really bad. And and, and he gets lazy too, like when he misses shots and stuff, it's really easy to run on him in transition. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a fine one-on-one defender, especially in the post. You can't really move him in the post, but um, when you're cutting and when you're flying and getting out in transition. I mean, he's a, he's a negative. Um like when 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 he came back, so the Nuggets played the Mavericks game, Nuggets were up by a lot and then the, the non-Luca Mavericks made a huge run to get it to within like 8 after it was like a 25 point game. And then Luca comes back in. And like all the moment, I mean th- and that's my like like gripe with with Jaw also. Um, when these guys come in, like everything just stops all it, like, like when Luca comes in, everyone just stands in the corner and, yeah. and Luca can make terrific passes and set up good looks from the corner. But it's like, just, it, there's it's no either, actions. there's no, yeah.
0: there's nothing, there's no movement. There's no screens. Like it's it's a pick and roll. Or it's a screen mm-hmm. to get a switch, and then you just attack the switch, and then pass as They're open like that. That's their entire offense.
1: Yeah, and
0: that's that was their entire offense last year too. It it was not good. Like I, it, I don't know. Jason Kidd, he's had good teams that he's coached, but I don't think that he's a good coach. I don't either. Like at all. Like I think especially like after the Lakers game, he was like, it's like I don't know either, man. Like I'm just watching. Like I know I can't. I can't. He's like, dude, you're the coach. What do you mean you're just watching? Like. Yeah. like
1: and he had a lot of questionable um, media answers with the Bucks too. I saw, like, a big thread on it. So he left the Bucks right before their 60-win season. Like, they squeaked into the playoffs with Jason Kidd, and then the second they hired Budenholzer, they won, like, 60 games and then lost in the playoffs. And that was when it's like, oh, Budenholzer is such a fraud because he did the same thing with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, but then they won a championship after. So I guess Budenholzer is not a fraud. But, um, yeah, the second, I mean, it was the same exact team, like, yeah. that Jason Kidd had, that Mike Bootenholzer had, and Bootenholzer had 60 wins, and Jason Kidd had, like, 40 something. So, I don't think he's a good coach either. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, oh, man. That, Dallas
0: has, they've made some questionable front office decisions over the past. Like, hiring Jason Kidd is one. Not being not being able to retain Jalen Brunson is another. Like, I don't think the trade for Kyrie is a bad one necessarily because you do need somebody alongside Luca and Spencer Dinwiddie just wasn't going to yeah. be enough. Like, and you, you needed somebody else.
1: And but- you were, I think it was like desperation times. Like, I, I think Luca kind of almost forced like something to happen because if you were to just go through the season and not tra- and not even. Attempt to trade for someone like I don't know. I think the relationship between Luca and the front office gets a little dicey there. So I think they were Mark Cuban was desperate to Yeah do something.
0: Yeah, they they needed to make a move. And like I, I'm not mad at that move. Like I Yeah. Once again, we said it with football, like I'd much rather you try and go all in on something than just sit on your hands. But they just they don't have the defensive personnel to be able to shore up both Kyrie and Luca, they just don't. Like Luca, the one the one thing he has to do is just get better at defense. That is the one thing, and it is much much harder. Like Jokic isn't the greatest defender. I will never come on to any platform and say that Jokic is a top tier defender. However, he is like slightly above average, and in the playoffs it will probably dip to below average because he just gets attacked so much. However, it is much easier to build a a playoff defense around a bad defensive center than it is around a bad defensive wing player, especially if they're your star. Because the game is so perimeter now, they can just attack your perimeter players whenever they want. They can attack them whenever they want. At least in a pick-and-roll thing, you have help. You have another defender there to help you out in a pick-and-roll. And And that's why Denver's defense was so bad last year against the pick-and-rolls, because they didn't have the competent defenders to defend against it. Now they do, so I'm confident it'll be better. But, like, if you just go one-on-one against Luka... You're probably going to be able to score a decent amount of time if you're a, a fast guard. And in the NBA, in today's NBA, you've got to be able to guard. You just have to. I, I just don't think Luka has the defensive chops to do it. Yeah. But also, Dallas just hasn't built enough around it, around him.
1: Yeah, and I mean, neither does Kyrie, like, yeah. speaking to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think Reggie Bullock is some world, all-world defender either.
0: No, not um, at this point. A few years ago, maybe not even world beater. Like a few years ago, he might have been. You, you could have survived with him as your top defender. Yeah. At this stage in his career,
1: probably not. Something interesting. This game they started Justin Holiday over Josh Green, which I actually completely disagree with. Josh Green, like, is actually a good perimeter defender, mm-hmm. and he can like knock, the only
0: good perimeter. Defender. Yeah,
1: and he can knock down. I know Justin Holiday can knock down shots, but. Holiday was 0 for 3 today, zero points. Like, <laughs> he, he gives you nothing outside of a corner three-point shot. At least Josh Green cuts, and at least he plays defense. So why is he on the bench? I don't understand.
0: Um, Buddy Heel took two shots? No. Oh, he had nine free throws, okay.
1: <laughs> what the heck I, that's so weird to see one for one from three for Buddy yeah, I was like
0: what the heck it never happens but if he took nine free throws it means that he just got fouled on all
1: no shit. wonder Halburton only had six assists like yeah. Buddy only shot twice <laughs> Tyrese Halberton is a Buddy healed assist merchant <laughs> unfortunately those ten assists are so fake. I don't, know, so I don't fake. know
0: if you saw this graph, but it was like his playmaking graph. Yeah, his
1: playmaking, like creativity, is like one of the lowest. Even yeah, though he averages he the league in assists, but he has yeah. like,
0: no creativity on his passes because he just like
1: <laughs> throws it to Buddy Healed like on the on the wing, and then Buddy Heald just makes it <laughs> every time. <laughs> Except for this game, and that's why he only had six assists. But. I don't know. Anything else you want to hit on?
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think later on we could probably talk more about, like, the West in general, probably mm-hmm. after this week, because Kevin Durant's going to make his debut tomorrow right. against maybe the worst team in NBA history, the Hornets without the metal ball. Uh, so that will be interesting. <laughs> but... I don't know, in terms of right now, probably nothing. Maybe because I, I wanna see I wanna I wanna see Kevin Durant and see how that fit works. Yeah. It'll probably probably be fine because Durant's used to playing with superstars. Um and used to being able to like not nah, I don't know, but like used to used to be able to take a back seat in terms of Yeah. I mean Durant
1: like, Durant is super easy to like credit to him, like I think he's super easy to play With other superstars, because he doesn't demand, like, the ball. Like, you know, he doesn't, you know what I mean? Like,
0: he demands the ball,
1: but he doesn't, his usage rate, I don't think, is insanely high. But
0: game on the line, out of any of his teams he's been on, I'd be more confident with him taking the shot than anybody. But he's not going to demand the ball and shoot 30 times in a game, you know, before the fourth quarter starts, like other superstars would. Yeah. But yeah, I think they'll be fine. Uh, it'll just be interesting what their playoff rotation is. But we'll,
1: once
0: again, I think we'll get there when that happens. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, I think that, that's it for me. Yep. Okay, I'm going to dinner. All right. Wolves <laughs> and Clippers at halftime. It'll be interesting to see how that game ends. Um, mm. But yeah, I think that's it all for right. me too. It's good to get back into it for sure. Yes. I'm going to be more consistent. Um Damn. Yeah. Could Probably do Monday. a next one Friday or, or something.
0: Friday, just after even, yeah, No, that, that's a late Friday.
1: that's a late game, low key. Um, oh yeah, it's
0: ESPN. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. They yeah. don't they don't play until Friday. Maybe we can do one after that week. I'll be back home, but I have a laptop now, so I'll be able to like oh, okay. record properly. <laughs> so that'll be better.
1: Alright. Yeah. Well. Thanks for watching. Peace.